step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This week on the Ace of Geeks podcast, we ask some big questions about the Mandalorian. We also talk about the newest aspect of wiki culture shown in The Bad Batch and how Dungeons and Dragons can really bring us together in the new web series The Party and movie Honor Among Thieves. In the past few weeks, we saw Shazam watch the food that made America and Kamen Rider X-Aid. We also read the latest Cosmere novel Tress in the Emerald Sea and played Diablo 4 in Destiny. So sit back, get comfortable, and welcome to the big warm hug of geekdom. Rowan and Stewart and I were perfectly timed on the death scream that time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, hey, everybody. I'm Mike. I'm Rowan. I'm Melee, I guess. <laughs> We're so professional, everybody. <laughs> and, the vo- and the voice you can't hear on this episode is Jairus. Yes, yes. They are, uh, they're actually here. We just locked them in the timeout spot. They know what they did. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good impression, honestly. <laughs> I mean, the words you used were too small, syllable-wise, but... (laughs) That's better. Now it sounds like the Charlie Brown adults. (laughs) (laughs) Or like a weird Muppet. Well, they are a teacher, so... True. 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 (laughs) We miss Uh, you, Jairus, and... uh... Stop being so busy and having a social life. How dare you? Yeah. I mean, be like the rest of us. Jairus's friends, if you're listening, stop hanging out with them so they can record podcasts with us. I'm kidding. Please do not do that. (laughs) The amount of guilt that I felt saying that out loud, (laughs) even as a joke, I was like, stop having a social life with other people and come have it with us instead for a while. You can (laughs) take a break. We need a turn too. (laughs) Mom said it's my turn on the Jairus. All right. All right, guys, we gotta we gotta stop throwing Jairus under the bus. Bus, they can't afford the surgery. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so that got darker than I thought it was. Kid, my head. <laughs> Everybody made sad noises. Should we talk about something else, like the Mandalorian, maybe? Since we've all oh, seen yes. that this week. I yes. was about to say next time on This American Life, but um, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there was a new Mandalorian this week. Uh, we are Yay! continuing the storyline of uh, everything's fine. This cult is great. They're probably actually the good guys. Uh, <laughs> which is Maybe. Trust us. Yeah, there's definitely, I don't know. I'm going to hit the roar. Hit the spoiler button here. Uh, for those of you new to the podcast, the Wookiee roar means there are spoilers. Uh, and there was something in that last conversation between the armorer and Bo-Katan that, like, yeah. I don't know if they intended it to come off as creepy and manipulative, but it sure did come off as creepy and manipulative. 
well, I mean, it totally like you could tell from Bo's face afterwards. She was like, "This is a trick." Like, I, I'm going to do what she says, but then she's going to be like, you're kicked out, <laughs> you idiot. But but I think it's mostly just like the armor, the cadence of her voice is kind of like cult leader. Yeah. Well, because it is a cult. This is the descendants of Death Watch. Like, we haven't yeah. dealt with that yet, and I'm hoping we do. Do yeah. we do we still not know who the armorer is underneath her helmet? We do not, but she's got the Darth Maul horns on her helmet, so that's pretty clearly a tell. (laughs) I mean, my thing was more that, like, when Bo-Katan took off her helmet and was standing there, the armorer's next sentence had some interesting quavers in it. Hmm. Does Bo-Katan have living relatives I'm not aware of? Uh Oh, God. Could you imagine if it was just like, oh, it's actually Sabine as the armorer mm-hmm. uh-huh. it would make no sense with her character whatsoever but... of course not but also <laughs> but also <laughs> hey we already we did get a rebels cameo this week i was so yeah. excited to see zev for even like two and a half seconds with his original voice actor and everything welcome back steve bloom i think they did a really really good job of um live actioning uh zeb's people because yeah. like he could have looked really really weird but i felt like it was a good it was a good adaptation you know Mm -hmm. of what we saw i think they they did a good job of capturing like almost exactly what he looked like in the animated show Mm -hmm. but adding you know a number of details without changing a lot like um i loved seeing cad bane last year in book of boba fett but he did look different as opposed to zeb looked kind of just like the design we're used to but with a little bit more live actiony stuff i'm very happy for the surviving mandalorians that they don't have to live next to the crocodile lake (laughs) Um, why would you stay there you move the covert whenever anybody could find whatever anybody finds you but when you get attacked by giant monsters who steal your children you you just we'll just hang this seems like a good spot because the monsters aren't narcs (laughs) <laughs> that's true that's true that's very um, very true but my question is are they going to move the birds with them mm. to navarro like they're gonna need more ships the yeah. uh the citizen complaints for the the birds are gonna are gonna be it's hilarious. gonna be great it's gonna on the be other hand really that is that is gonna be a cheap and easy source of consistent jobs for mandos oh, the <laughs> birds stole my kid again Don't worry, man. <laughs> okay ma'am we'll find them and bring them home yeah <laughs> head head over to their house let the kid out of the cage in the back of the house all right go see your mom we'll have more board games next week <laughs> <laughs> playdates mean something entirely different in this context oh yeah <laughs> Now I'm also just imagining those birds in like little Mandalorian helmets. Oh, oh god, I hope so. One can only hope. But the the thing that they said is that like they have to say the creed like in whatever oh, yeah. language they have. So I mean, unless they decide that those birds are truly sentient with language, but I think the idea is that like they're going to take care of them. And At least I would hope and- so. 
Yeah, they're going to take care of them and raise them and then use them as hunting partners. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be super fucking cool. It's going to be like mm-hmm. Wookiees showing up on giant cats. In the Bad Batch, which was dope. Oh, right. That was Bad Batch, not Mandalorian. I got confused to where yeah, I was Yeah, that was Bad second. Batch. <laughs> yeah. That um, was pretty awesome, though. Yeah, It, yeah. it was. It was. Um, but yeah, no, like, I think uh, this season is very much like... It feels like it's like Din trying to connect with his Mandalorian roots, but at the same time, he keeps getting roped into these little side jobs that he's like, guys, I just want to be a dad right now. Okay. That was what it was for him. That's all kind of how it always is for him. Like, yeah, I, uh, he wa- he has a central goal and it's interrupted constantly by people being like, but Mando, what if you went on a side quest? Guys, I just want to do my dad stuff, but Mando... Peril, Mando. <laughs> Your friends are about to die. We had to get rid of Gina Carano, so now the guy from Kim's Convenience is our main uh, rebel or uh, New Republic contact. And thank God, that's so much better. <laughs> Honestly, I'm here for. And um, that former Imperial officer is so scary. Anytime she shows up, Lieutenant Biceps. Yeah, <laughs> Lieutenant Biceps. Honestly, she worked hard for those guns. So yeah. we need to acknowledge it. And those and... guns are not legal in the New Republic, but thanks to the uh, uh, the the program of redemption that they're all on. Yep. <laughs> all right, that was way funnier than y'all gave it credit for. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was distracted by my own joke, which was uh, that her guns are her most striking feature. Because <laughs> <'cause, laughs> punching. Um... No, strikes aren't allowed in the New Republic. However, however, I think we need to discuss the MVP of the entire episode, which was the sassy ass office droid. Um, (laughs) And they're like, I love him and I want an entire series about about that sassy office droid. Really, they should just make protocol droids the show the show. That would be fun. Oh, my God. Can you imagine office? But it's all droids. Like yes the office i'm yeah. here for it because like the one that actually gets stuff done would be like the little mouse droid or the gonk droid or whatever like it would just be so great and someone needs to make a fan film of it or whatever i, am so I mean this is a hundred percent our uh our blades in the dark game that we're currently our scum and villainy game that absolutely we're <laughs> absolutely and i mean yeah. i I love droids anyways, but like just seeing that one of like, no, don't put it there. That not there. You mean right here, right here. In fact, actually let me put two things there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you're dismissing me. Well, I was going to go anyway. Bye. (laughs) Oh, so good. So good. You know that that is a retired astromech who used to be in the fighter pilot seat. That that astromech uh, has spent a lot of time with Chopper uh, at Yavin Base and was like, this is the energy I want to bring to the world. Yeah. This entire entire secretarial position is beneath me. I will (laughs) spend my entire day being underfoot and inconveniencing you until you realize that I was made for better things. (laughs) Once you put me back in an X-Wing, this will all stop. (laughs) That's like like scrawled on the walls in like oil. (laughs) It dyed the oil red in food coloring, but it can't get access to actual blood. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh my God. 
Well, now we have a new character for next season of Yeah Radio. (laughs) That droid. Specifically that one. Oh my god. Oh my god. Would people put up with an entire episode of just us interviewing Mei Ling as Mei Ling went beep boop in a Valley Girl voice? Because Uh, I think that would be fabulous. I think I have enough filters to put on that that I could make that work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so here for it, please. Yes, absolutely. But yes, Um, Mando has been going great. I'm, I'm still interested in seeing where the show is going this season um yeah if there's a big overall arc or if it's just sort of a cool adventure of the week show which i'm also fine with uh well i think i think it's the the overall arc it kind of seems it's like the acceptance that yes there is the way but the way can be altered to allow more to walk it the way you know, it's not shut. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, you know, we don't have to take the path that's always been trodden before us, but yet we can look for branches that will get us to the same destination, you know? And so, like, I think it was it was huge of the armorer, who is probably the most fanatical of them all, to accept Bo-Katan's face, you know, and just being like, because I think it's that Bo was able to humble herself and follow their ways, even though she was so uncomfortable. Like, the thing is, I, I want to see more of what that all means. Cause like, yes, if, if, if what happened is the read that you got there where like Bo is humbling herself and the armorer is recognizing her, uh, all of that would be really cool, but it just feels like there's another layer to this where, Oh yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. The armorer is trying to manipulate Bo and Bo is trying to manipulate the armorer and Din is in the middle being our lovable himbo guy. He's just like, guys, I bathed in the waters of Mandalore. I'm going to have my kid. He's going to kick all the other kids' asses. And it's going to be great. Like, I, I came here to raise my son and chew bubblegum. And I am all out of bubblegum. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I found a really funny TikTok video of the scene from the last uh, episode, I think, where Din tries to pick Grogu against that other foundling. And Grogu's just like... No, I'm Dad, not no, gonna I'm fight. gonna kick this guy's ass, right? And like, so, you, like, no. <laughs> in in the TikTok video, it has like text of like, "I left the Jedi Order, so I don't have to fight." And I wanted to just be with my dad, and now I still have to fight. And then it goes, "This is bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> it's just Grogu being like, "Nah, it's bullshit." <laughs> so good, so it's good. Just, yeah, I I had a I had a riff with. Uh, Stephanie during the the pellet shooting episode if he was like I don't want to fight that's why I left the Jedi Order well if you're if you're gonna be with your old dad your dad's a Mandalorian and no son of mine is gonna not be a Mandalorian this is a military family you do whatever (laughs) I mean Mandalore it did really feel like that like I I was kind of like that's 
also i was like dude the other kid could literally like step on grogu like could he um, could he step yeah. on grogu no, before grogu choked him out like <laughs> <laughs> I, I just i just love the look on on grogu's face when he got like the two pellets of like dad this no, sucks. i don't, don't want to do this this is boring let's get back in the starfighter I only have one robe, Dad, and now it's messed up. Dad, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> uh, don't make me fight the other kid, Dad. Uh. <laughs> this gauntlet is not fashion. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Ew, David. Yeah, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And, like, it seems like... They're definitely dropping a lot of hints that, you know, not everything is as it seems. And, yeah. And yeah. Um, that, like, the Empire is not truly gone, obviously. Yes. Um, and Moff Gideon is somehow involved, apparently. Yes. It does seem like both the uh, Bad Batch and uh, Mandalorian are leading up to the rise of the First Order uh stuff and Mm -hmm. you know especially both shows are dealing with like why is the empire trying to capture jedi could it be because of this whole cloning project that the emperor has yeah no it couldn't be no no not at all but speaking of the bad batch it was so nice to see grungy grungy (laughs) grungy is the wookie who's uh hanging out listening to nevermind still yeah, exactly. Like in the tops of the trees. Yeah, Grungy is the black sheep of Gungi's family. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I don't want to climb trees and ride spider cats. Uh, how do you not want to ride those bat cats? Though? I, like... I just want to. I just want to chill out and vibe and become one with the planet. <laughs> That's what we're literally doing, son. Come to no, tree no, no, prayer. No. Yeah, but you do it with prayers. I do it with these leaves in this wooden bowl that I have. <laughs> it's like a much more efficient way to like commune because, whoa. Whoa. Um, but I do, I do love, I, I did really love that, that episode because, you know, the Wookiees are always like, raw, we're Wookiees. We're so huge. But they're like, being portrayed as a deeply spiritual species and like um you know gentle giant sort of thing that really don't want to fight but Mm. like when pushing the corner they'll tear your arms off yeah they'll tear your arms off and then beat you with them but i would be i was thinking during the episode after all the like development we've got on the wookies and the um the tuscans and stuff like that it would be really fun to get together a group of indigenous role players with an indigenous gm and run a game where they all play all the indigenous people analogs in star wars truth but yeah you you would you would definitely need to have yeah you'd need to have people who are not me yeah. yes like i was like yeah. i could run that no no no, no i cannot no, you kind of can't <laughs> yeah. but i mean yes it is fantasy uh yes. but no it is fantasy, but fantasy but appropriation but is still appropriation. It's still appropriation. <laughs> sure is. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, no. Speaking of role playing games, something premiered this week that's really exciting. 
it's actually yeah. interesting because when we're recording Two-face. this, it hasn't premiered. Uh, but oh, you're talking. Wait, sorry. Which you? I, I was talking to party. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Please continue. Um, no, actually, I think you should describe it since uh, sure. you're part of so, the project. Uh, So the party is... (laughs) Yes, take it, Rowan. Do it. No. Uh, The party is a uh, a web series uh, that I had the pleasure of being a part of uh, that was written uh, by uh, some amazingly talented women uh, and produced and directed and shot by amazingly talented women. It was basically an all-female crew. It was great. Um, And, uh, well, that's an overstatement, but you know what I mean. Um, And uh, they... um, it's a sitcom about uh, Dungeons and Dragons that was actually inspired by the announcement of the D&D movie because their take on it was the most interesting parts of Dungeons and Dragons aren't the dungeoning and the dragoning, but the interpersonal stories between the peoples around the table. Uh, that's where most of the, the joy and laughter comes from. Uh, and so yeah. they wrote that sitcom and it came out this week. Uh, it is fabulous. Yes, you can see me in uh, two episodes and very, well, actually, it'll be, I think it'll be three episodes by the end of it in very, very minor parts. But uh, you should also watch it because of the amazing guest stars like Becca Scott and Allie Beardsley and Vince Casso. Uh, you should also watch it because the cast is hilarious and the writing is spot on it's and it's really the first, good it's the first uh uh nerd sitcom that i've ever encountered that felt like an actual thing written by us about us as opposed to making fun of us mm-hmm. if that makes sense it does yeah uh, did you guys get a chance to watch oh mainly i know got a chance to watch it at the premiere rowan did mm-hmm. you get a chance to watch the first two episodes yes i did and i liked it quite a bit Yes. Yeah, I what I really liked about it is it it reminded me of our old D&D party that we we met at Borders and it ended yeah. up being some of our bestest best friends and through some party members there that's how we met you Rowan mm-hmm. cuz through Stephanie. So I mean like D&D does really bring people together and like um so the main character of the series, she's, uh, I, I assume, a P- PhD student yeah. or yeah. or trying to do some hoity-toity academic thing. Yeah, and she was trying to pitch a dissertation, and yeah. it was a no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the most, the most uh, pretentious dissertation in history. Yeah, and uh, her advisor basically gives her a hard pass on um, that. And so in an act of desperation, she decides that she's going to talk about the interpersonal drama of a role-playing group and how that happens. And um, so it follows this zany group of people who, what I love about the series is that you only know their character names. You never know their real people's names. But yet you hardly interact with their D&D characters. So you're you're like interacting with the player, calling them their character name. It's it's this really interesting dynamic. Yeah, that you they never have. learn anybody's quote unquote real name in the show. They all yeah. call each other by their character names the entire time. Which yeah. means the DM is just the DM is just DM the whole game. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's really, really cool. Uh, and yeah, 
they're also just a super cute party and <laughs> I'm really excited because the first two episodes well we got to see the first five four? I would say four or five yeah yeah we almost saw the whole series they were doing the final touches on the last couple of episodes and I was like no no I need to know what happens I need to yeah. know so um I'm I'm really really excited and really happy for them that they were able to do it so and it's going pretty well. It's um, uh, I think they've got uh, a couple thousand views on each episode so far, which is nice. Um, but if you want to check it out, uh, youtube.com slash at party web series is where you go. And you can watch the first two episodes uh, right now. And then episodes are releasing every Tuesday. Uh, and if you send us an email with a picture of me in the episode, I will send you back a, an emoji of my choice. Or like tag us on social media or something like that. So like tag the party and tag social media. For sure. That'd be cool. Yeah. 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 So, I, Rowan, what did what did you think of it? Um, I really liked the visual storytelling. Uh, so far, my favorite character is Ecstasy because she seems like she kicks all of the ass ever. Hundred percent of the ass. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and also, um, I'm I, having only seen the first two episodes. I am excited to see how everyone's relationships continue to develop. Because Thistle and uh, Jean, Jean, thank Jean. you. My brain was giving Jean me the arc. My brain was giving me bland pale man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is Which... he is the token token cis white guy in the party. Well, yeah, yes. and like he's made his personality, the, the his expression of his personality be I agree with Thistle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then the disaster gay, whose explanation of his character was like, "I am definitely straight." <laughs> right. Dare you to challenge me on that? So this this was an interesting thing. Mayling saw a romantic connection between uh, Viola and Yorick that I never saw there before. Well, I mean, okay, he they definitely presented themselves as a disaster gay, but I was kind of more thinking like they are definitely uh, equal opportunist. That's, yeah, so. I can see that. Mm-hmm. But, like, but yeah. And you've seen more of it than I have, but I, I just, I feel like there's more could come of the fact that uh, our newbie has made a character who is the twin of Yorick's mm-hmm. lost love. Yeah. I, yeah. I loved that little bit so much. Just like, how do you get him on board? You make you make yourself part of his story. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I love my story. You're in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I was going to say, it's actually one of the things that I love about that character of Yorick is that it's every nerd piece of nerd media has the annoying nerd socially inept nerd character and so what i love about yorick is that he seems to be that at first but in actuality he's not that um and you get his the fact that he really is about the story and about the uh relationships between the characters uh if you had made him the min maxer instead of john it would have been a very stereotypical character and probably Mm -hmm. an annoying one uh and instead Mm -hmm. they went a completely different way with it and i really like it yeah it just it just feels like a very authentic series and that you know like all of us who have played D D were like oh i know that type of player oh yes i've been with that type of player um and or in those types of situations 
like the wizard trying to uh, reason with a troll and <laughs> almost TPKing the party. You know, like just it, it's it's a really really good series, and I'm just so excited um, for it. But speaking of Dungeons and Dragons and things that were things that inspired the party web series, we want Bailey and I got to go to. It turned out the LA premiere of the Dungeons and Dragons uh, movie to this weekend. Uh, we saw we, Michelle course, Rodriguez. Yeah, uh, and I saw Ben Barnes up close. He walked into the bathroom as I walked out. He was two feet from me. He's not in the movie, but Wait, you know what? What? Yeah. <laughs> How did you keep your pants on? I, I had just put it, gone to a lot of effort to put them on. Uh, oh, I, I wasn't going to take them back down. <laughs> Got it. It was. It was just. It was too much effort. Okay. Yeah. No, I barely had time to react. It was one of those. That guy looks familiar. And then ten steps later, oh, that was the Darkling. <laughs> <laughs> Living uh, in uh, LA. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, but it's a great movie. It, it is. It really is. It's a great movie. Like, it's... What's so good about it, I feel like um, our parents could go see it to understand what Dungeons & Dragons is. You know what I mean? Like, and and have a good time and not be lost. But then those of us who have played Dungeons & Dragons and there's a lot of fun like have nerds you know um yeah that but it, it's like good fan service to me to me it was like the 2009 star trek movie where like if you know you know if you don't that's fine you didn't need it's to still know. a great ride yeah yeah, yeah it's still a yeah. great ride so chris pine is the most perfect bard he's great he's just so good my only complaint is that they decided that bards are not arcane casters. And that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but uh, he did. He was a very good leader of the group. And he was he was just a great charisma character. Like, just really, really yeah, good. And, like, really well all done. of them were really good for their archetypes. Mm. And... And I really liked having a sorcerer who wasn't an asshole, but just unusual. kind of, yeah, which is, which is really unusual, usually. I really like, liked having a wild magic sorcerer. That's not too much of a spoiler, because it only comes up, like, once, but yeah, it still made me happy. But, like, he, he's just really sweet, really darling, and just is a bit of a bumbling mage, and, <laughs> and, and I, I, I just really liked it. Michelle Rodriguez uh, knocks it Perfect. out of the freaking park. Uh, I suspected, I thought they were just going to make her like her, you know, Fast and Furious character. Like, she tough lady, she punch thing good. Um, and I was very pleasantly surprised by the fact that they very clearly gave her a low int score and she role plays that beautifully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, her two things are punch good, very sweet, at uh, three things punch good, very sweet, and dumb as bag of hammers. <laughs> Just and it's just great. Bag of hammers hit harder. Yeah. yeah. And like Hugh Grant plays a very good rogue, but it's not like the sneaky stabby rogue. It's a very 
skullduggery. Oh, not skullduggery. It's a very like political rogue. It's a charisma yeah. rogue. It's a charisma yeah. rogue. And again, like it's really nice to see these slightly different archetypes of very familiar characters. Yeah. Um, I didn't and, even know Hugh Grant was in the movie. Now I'm yeah. more excited. Oh yeah. yeah Hugh Grant, yeah. this is not no, a huge spoiler because it's in all the trailers. Really Hugh Grant plays the main villain and uh, he's fabulous. Yeah. Um, but like the magic, the way that they, they show the magic is excellent. Yeah. Um, mage fights. Great physical fights oh my freaking god fantastic i really don't even want to say what my favorite action sequences was because i want to i don't want to spoil the surprise of how good like i don't want people to be coming into those sequences being like uh, oh then they're gonna this do is, this, this this is coming yeah like i just want you to experience it yourselves and enjoy mm-hmm. how glorious it is mm-hmm. and uh, the movie makes me really wish that my cat allowed me to put costumes on him because I really want to turn <laughs> Silk into one of the Displacer Beasts. Oh, my um, God. Because that would just be amazing. But uh, he, he would not stand for it. No. But, yeah, no, it was it was great. If you play Dungeons & Dragons, you'll have a good time. If you've never played Dungeons & Dragons but you know people who do, you're going to be like now this makes a little bit more sense and yeah. then you're going to start playing dungeons and dragons yeah and if you've never played dungeons and dragons and you're just checking it out because of peer pressure you will play dungeons and dragons after seeing this movie because mm-hmm. I-, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean i'm sure that's what wizards is hoping for anyway yeah, um, yeah. i think uh the um, was I going to say, I wanted to jump quickly back to something Mayling said a few minutes ago about the magic. Um, it is absolutely my favorite kind of, because normally when you get into a like high fantasy movie with magic, they either try to pull a Gandalf and like never really show it, except it's like, it's a blinding flash of light, or they get what, you know, the Merlin TV show was, which is all of magic. Force is push. push. Force push over and over. Um, so getting this where A... I could clearly identify 90% of the spells they were throwing around uh, as things that I know from the game and B, like every spell was a different effect and did other cool things. And, uh, and they had great. verbal and somatic components, components and material components. Like yep. they, and they had, they did their homework. There's a bit where somebody's uh, has to drop a spell because their concentration gets broken. Like it's, it, it's clearly the people who wrote and directed this because uh, it's it's the same team who wrote and directed it. Uh, really understood the game. One of the writers and directors is uh, an actor from Freaks and Geeks, um, and the other is the guy who wrote Spider-Man: Homecoming and stuff. Um, but apparently. Uh, Apparently, this was their D&D home game that they turned into a movie after, like, playing it for 25 years. So. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because yeah. it did really feel like a campaign and, like, it had all of the, like, plot points of a campaign of, like, well, you have this big overarching thing, right? But first you have to get MacGuffin number one, then you got to get MacGuffin number two, and then you got to travel to this place to to pick up this really dope NPC. Um, and then, yeah, it, it was, it was very, yeah. very reminiscent of it. 
Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the movie. The only big question that I have left to inform my anticipation is, is there a cameo by Jeremy Irons? No, not that I'm aware of, unless he was playing God something. God damn. <laughs> I, I, just, I just really want a cameo from, from Jeremy Irons, even if he's just like in a mage robe getting like uh, hustled past briefly being like, ah, the dragons weren't my fault. Probably the best thing for me was at the premiere, we actually got to reconnect with one of our original party members from our Borders D&D game, like yeah. completely by happenstance. Um, so she like came into the line behind us and we were like, Megan? <laughs> and um yeah we just kind of ended up hanging out and we were just like oh yeah this reminds us of our game and it just it reminded us of like you know why we really liked playing D D and just playing role-playing games in general because it is a social thing and and it's not satan's game but no you know i mean it could be if you're into that but like it's collaborative <laughs> storytelling Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I um, uh, it was really fun actually because it I this particular premiere, you know, one of our friends had put out a call for people to show up and play or and and you know fill the seats. Um, and uh, we ended up seeing so many people we knew in line. We ended up having a, a really great dinner with a whole bunch of friends, uh, old and new, um, afterwards. Uh, it was it was really a fun night for just that yeah. specific reason. Yeah, yeah. And so D&D, it brings, it brings us together. And you'll enjoy... I would say if you liked the uh, Guardians movies, the Guardians of the Galaxy yes. movies, you'll like this movie. It's that same kind of tone. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Very That's Dungeons and Dragons. Time. Should we talk about uh, what else we've done this week, the three of us? I think so. All right. Um, darling, do you want to talk about last night's movie, or shall I? Oh, um, why don't I do that? Because okay. honestly, like the last couple of weeks, I've been in like debilitating pain, so I haven't been able yeah. to do a lot. That's fair. Um, but last night was my first like good pain day, so I was like, I'm going to a movie, damn it. Um, and so Mike and I went to go see Shazam! Fury of the Gods. And um, I will admit, I kind of wish I had rewatched Shazam 1 before mm -hmm. seeing the movie, because there were like a lot of callbacks, which they did like talk about in the movie, so I mean, not 100% necessary, but it still would have felt nice to have, like, been reminded of mm -hmm. some of the situation. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it. It's a fun movie. Everyone in it is having a great time. And Helen Mirren, um, step on me, mommy. Like, <laughs> she is so, like, intimidating, but so awesome in it and lucy Liu is just crazy um yep but like the, you could tell that they were just like ooh, scenery yes Let's chew all delicious. delicious um but yeah and like zachary levi 
is the perfect choice for Shazam because yeah. he is a grown ass man who is so good at playing an 18 year old boy or younger. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's incredible. And like all of, all of the actors, all of the suit, the grown up suit actors do a really good job of being the kids. But, you know, like trying to be like, oh, yeah, like I'm a superhero wink. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's it is kind of Fast and the Furious esque of like, it's all about family. Um, and uh, but, but yeah, different tone wise on that particular family. Message. Definitely, 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 definitely. Uh, but yeah, super fun. I mean, do you have anything to add, babe? I was uh, just going to say uh in addition to your uh you know you're talking about how good all the suit actors were uh for those of us uh who are thirsty bitches as i am uh it's a it's it's a it's a gift to um us bisexuals that the all of those people playing the uh, superheroes it's it's a gift it's it's a gift to Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even my birthday (laughs) Um, Uh, but no it's really fun uh some of the effects are really cool too um i don't not spoiling too much by say talking about the dragon because he's in the trailers there's a bunch of scenes with the dragon that that are just like holy shit yeah i i think all of the creatures look really really cool like the creature shop did a really good job um i basically want to make that dragon as my wood elf dragon like that's what I wanted. So I might I might break out the bits and and try to make This is them. a war hammer? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. The hammer of war. The hammer yes. of war. Yeah, my my Warhammer army that I was like, I'm totally gonna play Wood Elves. And I'm like, oh, this is like a completely different game. Mm. Now I'm gonna go back to my Tyranids. They're better. <laughs> Anyways, we're not going to get on this because um, we'll be here all night. So, yes. yeah, uh, that was me. Um, also been playing lots of Marvel Snap uh, because all I've been able to do is lie in bed and <laughs> play that. Um, oh, actually, can I talk about one other thing? Yeah, of course. So while I but was But not lying, you, Rowan. No, just kidding. <laughs> while, while I was uh, trying to make it so my back didn't hurt. Um, I started a food, uh, a food documentary series called The Food That Made America. Oh, yeah. And it was, it's by the History Channel. And basically, they do like, it's a documentary, but they do dramatic dramatizations of like the old like entrepreneurs. So it'd be like Hershey's and like Kellogg and, um, all the people Mr. who Coke like and Mr. Pepsi. Yeah. Hey Mr. there. Have you ever wanted to have a mouthful of gravel? Try cornflakes. <laughs> so it's actually really interesting the thing about cornflakes. So it started out with two brothers. The older brother, uh, Dr. Kellogg, ran a sanitarium. And um, basically, originally, he was just feeding his patients oats. And that's like, ew, disgusting, gross. So he developed granola, which the patients were like, oh my gosh, this is delicious 
but he refused to put sugar in it. So anyways, lols bye i'm out to invent breakfast actually really interesting yeah i am really glad that we had you do that i felt like i was listening to an episode of drunk history without the drunk Mm -hmm. honestly that was amazing honestly the show is kind of like drunk history without the drunk because like every time someone sees the invention or like the new food like because it's food right so they always like will bite it and then be like you know like their face lights up and like the light changes and it's all like it's no one has highly ever dramatically gassed about cornflakes i'm just just gonna just highly gonna recommend say that right it. now it's especially good when you're on a lot of muscle relaxants okay so like <laughs> highly recommend it but, but, but yeah just, just thinking about that interaction with the roller company oh we can't sell these to anyone I made you. <laughs> we can't sell them to new customers. I'm not Why a new you customer. You only exist with because that, of me. With that edge in his voice of bitch, your factory is about to get accidentally burned down. <laughs> Give me what I want. <laughs> like third time. Oopsie so doopsie. Many, so many accidental fires. Uh, all right. Um, uh, Rowan, do you have uh, three or four things this week? Two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was lucky enough to be one of the early people to get uh, my copy of Tress and the Emerald Sea by Brandon Sanderson. Um, Mike and Mayling have not gotten their copies yet because like the rollout of the fancy copies was like really delayed in the first place. And they're going to be shipping them out through April at this point. Um, got it. Yeah. But I got my copy and it's a really fun, good book. Um, I did so, not realize. So, ask your questions. So, apparently, on a book talk, especially mm-hmm. the Stormlight Archive meme person, apparently, Tress, uh, this book has now replaced the Stormlight Archives as her favorite Cosmere book. Ooh. So, it's a bit dramatic, and I'm very is- excited. It is very good. Um, it is the only book by Sanderson that currently exists that is uh, narrated by Hoyd. Oh, that's why. Okay, okay. Yeah, and that is revealed in chapter three. So it's not a big like, oh god, I didn't know. It's like yeah. it's right on the front of it. It's narrated by Hoyd. Um, I will say the more you know about the Cosmere, the more other books you've read, the more accessible this book is. It's probably a little bit less accessible for people who haven't read a bunch of other Sanderson. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a wonderful, wonderful book. I have to know, is this pre or post Rhythm of War? No idea. 
Okay. Because okay. <laughs> uh, to to determine that, I would have to ask you a question, which would be a huge spoiler for the book. So, okay. well, once we get the book, I promise you, my friend. Yeah, we will start reading. Speed and we will read, have our book club. and then we'll have our book club. But, yeah. but Mei Ling, if you, um, I know that you usually listen to Stormlight Archives as an audiobook format. Mm-hmm. I did record it myself doing a dramatic reading of the first four chapters of the book. That is, uh, I think, in our Ace of Geeks yes. Discord. I will, so. I will listen to it then. So that yes. way I have something to, to hold me over until I get it. But. <laughs> Actually, I'm... You might have the audiobook already. I haven't received any emails from Dragonsteel. Well, because the the emails would come to me, so well, we should check then my maybe email you to see check. if you have the dragon. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so also, weird. also Sanderson's no longer releasing um, his audiobooks on Audible. Yep. Uh, because they've like screwed other authors, and they were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, but we'll give you a big deal," and he's like. Yeah, you're doing that just <laughs> no, because I'm you, Sanderson, and that's not okay. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, that makes me like you so much more. So mm-hmm. I will, I will find the way. But yes, I'm excited for your interpretation. It's so good, and also yeah. that is an invitation to our listeners as well. If you are curious about Tress of the Emerald Sea, which is a book Brandon Sanderson wrote for his wife. And when his wife finished reading it, she, as his publicist, was like, this is fantastic. And also you have to publish this because <laughs> it's too good. Uh, <laughs> you can come on down to the Ace of Geeks podcast Discord and it'll be in there in the books tab. And yes, we have, have a link in the show stuff. description for our Discord. And we definitely want you to be checking that out because... And Mr. Right. Sanderson, sir, we promise that we're not trying to like uh see Yeah, if you have a tr- <laughs> is, problem this, with it, let this us This is know. a respectful preview. But yes. yeah. Yeah, it's a respectful preview, which is why it's only the first four chapters and not the fifth, which complete the inciting incident of the book. Got it. Oh. Oof. I see. True Sanderson, so. slow burn to the inciting instant. Yes. Twists and turns. Oh my god, I'm so delicious. excited. I can't wait. I can't so wait. yeah, that, that book exists and it's great. And I read it. Uh, the other thing that I did was I uh, realized last weekend that the Diablo 4 open beta was happening and I was like, I'm going to check that out even though I'm trying to do homework at the same time and having executive dysfunction. Wee! Um, so the game, uh, these are my first impressions. Uh, like, I know that thematically in this game they were specifically trying to go like darker and edgier and grittier and really digging into like the god Darker and lore. edgier than Diablo already was? Sorry, please continue. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> More gothic, more horror. Uh, In the previous, in in like Diablo 2 and 3, you visit various locations where the prime evils have like been and gone or they arrived and corrupted everybody and then left. Diablo 4, you come in and get to see that process happening, which is worse. It feels worse. Um... 
So story-wise, I didn't love it. Just about every side quest I did was like, oh, you have to help me. This terrible thing happened. And then you do the quest and you come back and they reveal that they that you did a bad thing. Oh, that's my least favorite thing. Yeah. Um, so that I didn't like that either. What I did like was all of the gameplay stuff that I did. I didn't get to do a lot. Uh, but I played as the Necromancer, and it was super duper fun and satisfying. The team has clearly taken a lot of lessons from not just Diablo 2 and 3, but also from one of their biggest competitors, Path of Exile, in terms of how they set up the skill tree development. Gotta say, the biggest thing that I love about Necromancer, they give you corpse explosion almost immediately. <laughs> and it's <laughs> it doesn't run off of like your mana, it just runs off of, are there corpses on the floor right now? Oh. If there are, they explode. Yeah. and oh, that's like, nice. And there are abilities you can get that make it so that a corpse drops, even if you haven't killed something yet. Perfect. So you can just be like, pop, 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 and watch, like, bosses and crowds evaporate and like summon up your your goon squad to go run interference for you while you continue popping bodies the the combat was very very fun the uh loot acquisition is i mean it's a diablo game same as it's always been great um it's really just going to be a question of like to what degree can i stand this uh grim dark. dark despair hopelessness setting stuff so I will probably play it because the gameplay is fun and enjoyable. Uh, anyone for whom uh, going into a world where it's like, you've got to save this world while interacting with people who make you question whether it's worth saving. Uh, if that's not a fun and engaging thing for you, probably skip this one. I might, but I've skipped them all. So, you know, Hey, you're four for four. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I mean, fair. You, you. If I'm remembering right, Mike, you have said stuff about like uh, uh, hyper violent, gory stuff. Yeah, it's not usually not my being thing. your jam. And in like friggin' Diablo one, the first boss you come across is the butcher. It's just a huge <laughs> dude covered in blood whose room is filled with carcasses that he's split open. And it's like yep. that's that's not my vibe. I think I'm yep. good. <laughs> uh, it's just it's a very um. It's just a very different thing. Yeah. 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 Gameplay-wise, it's informed a lot of norms of less terrifying, horrible, gory games. Like Borderlands or Wonderlands. (laughs) Which we finally got Wonderlands, uh, and I have tried a little bit of it, but I have been... I guess I'm going on to my turn. I have been completely and utterly sucked into Destiny once again. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what happened to cause it, but I'm not going to complain. Uh... It's great. Um, I, I love me some Destiny. Uh, so I have now uh, purchased... Uh, well, I purchased the um, newest expansion and its season pass mm-hmm. thing that comes with it, which is the more expensive option, but whatever, um, that then um, uh, I think also gave me access to the Witch Queen um, because I just okay. got my first pattern weapon. Uh, that I yes. can pull a pattern off of. And I don't really know what that does. I looked it up, but it wasn't super clear. But that's sort of Destiny in a nutshell. Uh, I just looked that up, but it wasn't super clear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you're not wrong. I spent, I spent a good uh, 
uh, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 minutes earlier, trying to, oh, no, uh, a couple days ago, trying to figure out what um, actually the armor core thingy um, that you can get from the Black Armory actually was and what it did. Uh, I still don't know that I have the clearest answer, but it, it I think it's just costume customization, and then you go find... A, pl a menu where you can customize your costume that I haven't found yet. But yeah. Yeah. so basically, uh, the stuff from Ada One at the Black Armory, those uh, synthacord or whatever synthweave things, mm -hmm. uh, you can use those to permanently unlock as an ornament any armor thing that you've ever picked up ever. So yeah. that if you don't like how your stuff looks, you can make it look like the thing that you used to wear that looks better. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But your stuff uh, looks so cool already. Yeah. Well, that's because I've got a bunch of ornaments that I like already. Uh, although my legendary pants, you can't, you know, put <laughs> ornaments on those. Well, you can, but you have to buy special legendary pants ornaments or I'm obtain sorry. them somehow. Legendary jingle jangle pants ornaments. Yep. <laughs> uh, but the but the unlockable ornaments in uh, this season's season pass look fly as hell because it's basically night armor, but super intricate and like glossy and shiny. Oh, really? Um, I haven't gotten to that stuff yet. Um, it's like more than halfway through the season pass that it starts okay. showing up in the in the thingy. OK, well, I'm currently in the process of making my character look as much like a common writer as possible, because, of course, I am, uh, which brings. Oh, me that's to my right. Other You're playing thing. Hunter. Yeah, that's really yep. easy to do on Hunter. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, I, it's really easy to do on Titan, too. I think I think Warlock is the only one that might struggle with it. Although if you want to look like Wizard as a Warlock, you absolutely can. Um, I uh, but um, speaking of common Rider, I am still uh, deep in the uh, episodes of common Rider X aid, which I think I've previously mentioned on this podcast is a uh, show about um, a video game playing uh, doctor and his, the other doctors that he knows, I was going to say friends, but they're not friends uh, <laughs> who uh, uh, join together to save humanity from an evil computer virus that takes over people's bodies and turns them into bosses from video games. Uh, and uh, it's so normally common writer, um, even though the, the seasons are 50 episodes long, usually, which is seems like an insane length in the area in you know, the time period where Mandalorian is like 10 episodes. But normally there's never like a drag to it at all. But this season in particular, I keep thinking we're getting to the end game because, you know, they'll defeat one of the big bosses. And then I'll remember that I'm only on episode 20 or 30 and it just keeps getting wilder and wilder. Uh, and, uh, you know, with that, well, no, I don't. You guys don't care about spoilers. Like, you know, stuff like the 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 main villain um, uh, has actually this whole time been. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, the the main character's uh, computer virus that was stored in his body because he was the first person ever infected with this bugster virus, and it just gets wilder and wilder. And the costumes are absolutely bonkers even for common writer and i'm just really having a good time uh just the absolute pathos of you know people dying and coming back from the dead and then dying again and then coming back from the dead again uh there's a, a villain who uh his superpower is literally zombie and he's functionally immortal and everyone's always surprised when he comes back from the dead uh it's great 
Uh, it's, if it's you liked wonderful. it in Supernatural, you'll love it in Common Rider. <laughs> um, and it's got maybe the most banger theme song of the entire show's history. Uh, right up there with uh, Blade Brave and Anything Goes from O's. I didn't realize that rhymed until just now. Uh, so yeah, um, really digging it. Uh, it also led to one of the most hilarious lines in history uh, and perhaps the greatest accidental <laughs> fight in capitalism uh, because the main villains of the show uh, are all related to or created by or um, this com- corporation called Genem Corporation. Um, and uh, we've gone through three or four different evil bosses of Genem Corporation uh, by this point, but the n- latest one is probably the final most powerful and most evil CEO that we've encountered so far. Uh, and he is trying to turn uh, one of the good guys evil, uh, and he looks at him and says, Genem is an ethical corporation. This is a corporation that has already killed 4,000 people on screen, probably. <laughs> That is that is how capitalists think of themselves. We're ethical. We'll give you good job bonuses. All you have to do is kill these people. <laughs> yeah, ethical in terms of we treat our employees well until they cross us or try to leave the company. In this case, it was ethical uh, in the case of if you work for us, we'll let you see your dead girlfriend on occasion because we still have her data saved. God. <laughs> You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, X8 is great, and Common Rider is great, and everyone should watch Common Rider, because my opinions are, of course, completely universal, and... Uh, Yes. <laughs> yeah, we we've established this. Yes. yes. Sure. Mike is the taste maker. Yes. <laughs> uh so yeah, um that's me. Thank you all very much for tuning in this week. Uh we are the Ace of Geeks that we mentioned right at the start. Um we you can find us on Twitter at uh Ace of Geeks. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Ace of Geeks and make sure you do because Jairus is a meme machine on Facebook and uh the memes they are, are very good. They flow. The memes must flow. Um, And uh, if you want to send us an email, uh, Rowan, how would they do that? A-C-E-O-F-G-E-E-K-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G at gmail.com. That's Ace of Geeks Podcasting at gmail.com. And please do send us letters. We'd love to hear from you. We also have a fan discord. Uh, There's a really cool little community on there that talks about fun stuff like uh, the party and Willow and uh, I guess a lot of D&D adjacent things. Uh, So um, (laughs) uh, tune in. We would love to see we would love to see you over there. Uh, My name is Mike Fadum. I've been one of your hosts this evening. I um, can be found on Twitter at Vengeance God, on TikTok at Vengeance God 2 and on uh, Instagram at Broken Infinity Films. Uh, and uh, you can check out... Well, you can check me out in the party. Uh, I'm in it. You should go check it out. Uh, But also, you can... if you want to head to the Streampunks uh, channel for some VO- VOD goodness, um, you can see the two episodes that I was on uh, Star Trek Adventures with them in a lovely Kelvin timeline uh, jaunt uh, alongside some amazing folks like Sam DeLev and the Noir Enigma and uh, Eric Campbell and Elisa Pearl and uh, lots of amazing folks. So uh, please check that out. Uh I forgot to plug our other two podcasts, so very quickly. Uh, Maylene, what's you have in radio? 
Yavin Radio is our improvised comedy show that takes place in the uh, Star Wars universe. And um, we are, we're after Return of the Jedi. We all play a crazy cast of zany characters and we just have a good time um, trying to save the world and the galaxy and all that fun stuff. Excellent. And Edge of Reality, because I, I never make myself do one of these, Edge of Reality is our uh, actual play podcast. Uh, we have an amazing first season that Rowan GM'd uh, of Kids on Brooms, where we all attend a magical school, and it's really, really fun, and the kids are great, and there is no transphobia, uh, which is really a number one thing for magical schools now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> basically a requirement you cannot yep. open a magical school if there is transphobia yep yeah sorry we have to close down everything you've ever done joanne uh anyway um uh did i that so that was that um that that is wrapped up that whole first season is available uh if you look for edge of reality on your podcatcher of choice and we will be soon debuting an adventure into candle keep with other awkward teenagers uh i think you'll get a kick out of it <laughs> oh, uh, and also, Mike, uh, I feel like there's there's one more project that you could talk about. What is it? That uh, that wrestling anime <laughs> fighting game thing. What was what was that again? It's called the League of Swords, and I'm very proud of it and excited about it. And I wasn't going to talk about it this week because I there isn't much to say. But yes, if you like any of those things Rowan mentioned, we're going to be putting them all together in one thing. So please come and check it out. Uh, it's at leagueofswords.com. I think you'll have a wonderful time. Um, all right, Rowan, plug yourself. Wait, let me refresh. <laughs> okay, now what? <laughs> Unplug. Do I have to Don't make me improv something. Can I? Can I pull it out? Yes. Yes. Thank you, sir. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> My name is Rowan. Uh, I have a SoundCloud link in the description of this episode that you can go to to listen to some music that sounds better than that entire bit just now. Uh, it's mostly video <laughs> gamey, cyberpunky deets and dutes uh, that I made starting from the beginning of the pandemic. If you want to listen to something that sounds a little bit less like a complete an amateur made it, probably skip about halfway through the, the list and start there because I have arranged the songs in pretty much chronological order of when i made them so that Ro i am Rowan, a why are you making me step in down the list. why are you making me step in every time you plug your shit i'm not your starting shit was really good too it was it was <laughs> yes you've yes you've improved with experience but it's not like where people are going to tune into the first one and hear dip 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 well i mean okay so none of it's seabat but like it's <laughs> I promise uh, you will come in and you will hear some catchy tunes and not and be reminded of the worst Reddit thread of all time in which a man <laughs> outs himself on the internet as the worst lovemaker in history. Well, to be fair, we don't know how good or bad we, what he was at lovemaking. We just know his taste in music during the lovemaking. <laughs> we know his girlfriend's opinion on his ability to make love. <laughs> Elaine, you're making a face, so let me loop you in. No, uh, no, don't. No, oh, no, okay. it's fine. Please do. No, please Actually, do. what we could do is we could do the same, uh, like, oh, fast yeah, forward. Oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, do it. 
Okay, so basically this guy, I, I think it was either on relationship advice or it was on Am I the Asshole? Uh, this guy was like, hey, um, so I was with this girl for like two years and we had sex for that two years and I was really nervous the first time we did it because I was like, how do you, what do you do with your body during sex? How do I do this right? And I saw advice on the internet that was like, put on some music and use that to like give you a rhythm and set the mood and get all of that stuff going. Uh, and so he found this song, which he thought worked really well for him. Um, and he really liked the song. And so for two years, he put it on every time they had sex. Um, the song is bad. The song is bad. It's awful. It's like that. But even more out of tune somehow. And like, that's the whole song just over and over and over again. Uh, okay. So my question is, why did it last for two years? See, that's my that's my thing. We we say that he wasn't good at it, but but like it must put have up been, with that song for two years. It must well, see, have been the... like at least better than decent for it to mm, be for two years. It's it's hard to say because like I'm sure he, it was. He, she made him show her dad that song, and the family collectively laughed at him, and he was still like, "Yeah, I guess it's not for everyone." And she eventually made him stop putting it on when they had sex, but she could tell that he was playing it in his head. So then they stopped and then they broke up. But she said, you have to stop listening to the song, not I'm breaking up with you. We have to stop having sex. I think this guy may secretly be a master at it. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be something. There's got to be something. Because like... Something I, I, more I'm than sorry. just cowardice of breaking a breaking a long term commitment two, of a two relationship. Two years. Well, also for some people that is a big commitment. Yeah, you no, 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 that's what I'm. That's, <laughs> no, what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like two two years is a a long time, especially. Yeah, like. Mm. I mean, my assumption is that everything else about the guy was mostly above board. He was like a pretty okay dude. I mean, must have been, must have yeah. been. You yeah. know, uh, but then it's just kind of like, okay, this is just not doing it for me. Um, wow. Mei Ling, where they, can they find you on the internet? Um, hi, I'm <laughs> Mei Ling. You can find me on TikTok at MLKitty1875. Um, I mostly lurk and repost cat videos. And also, Which is a I, shame because she has a lot of really good ideas for memes. Yeah, well, I I I might start doing a video of me having conversations with my sciatic nerve, who's a touchy bitch. Um, and uh, um, I'm also going to start working on my Comic Con cosplay, so there'll probably be updates there. But yeah, very exciting. Come see me on TikTok. I love it. And um, Congress is stupid. Anyways. Yes. By the way, that law that's banning TikTok also does a bunch of other really sketchy shit, so look into that and call your local representative. Alright, yeah. uh, folks, this has been a wonderful podcast. We are so happy to have spent the time with all of you. We will finish it in the way that we always must. Finish it. That was an Ace of Geeks podcast. Hello and welcome.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.